Today I would like to talk about uh, the topic of my thesis, which I just um, finished this summer. And um, as you already mentioned, the basic topic of my thesis was to evaluate um, an alternative treatment for the treatment of uh, metritis of cows with ketoprofane, which is a non-sterile anti-inflammatory drug. Um, this is a short overview of what I will talk about within the first, uh, within the next few minutes. So I will first start with a short overview about acute purple metritis and a little bit of background of this. And then I will show you some studies that were undertaken before I started my studies. So these studies gave ideas to what we would like to do in our study. And finally, I will show you my study and the results and materials and methods and everything. So acute purple metritis um, is a disease which has a high incidence, like ranging between 15 and 41 percent. And there are um, economic aspects because acute permetritis, these cows, they are more likely to be culled. On the other hand, they have a reduced milk yield and also they have a reduced reproductive performance. And also, on the other hand, these cows are clinically sick, so they have a reduced general condition. What is uh, the stratus? is basically an inflammation of all layers of the uterus, which you can see here, um, demonstrated by the reddening of the organ. And if you try to find a definition of metritis, you would find um, many different definitions, many different names. Um, as you can see here, we have acute metritis, clinical metritis, toxic metritis, and so on. And all are slightly different. So, but what we did for our study was we chose um, the definition according to um, this paper. And this man, Ian Martin Sheldon, he was defining the postpartum uterine diseases. And from this um, paper, we based our definition for the acute purple metritis, which I want to show you. So um, this definition is based on two major uh, clinical symptoms. So on the one hand, these cows have vaginal discharge, which has a reddish-brown color, a watery consistence, and a very bad smelling. On the other hand, the rectal temperature is at least 39.5 degrees high, and the disease is usually occurring within the first 21 days in milk, um, but most commonly occurring within the first 10 days in milk. What are the risk factors for this disease? On the one hand, it is um, cows that experience dystocia, because um, in cases of dystocia, human intervention is usually necessary, and therefore the risk for contamination is higher as if the cow would just calve itself. And on the other hand, there was um, a paper uh, quite recently that showed that cows um, that had dystocia um, are more likely to have vulvovaginal lacerations, and um, these lacerations, they um, break the natural barrier uh, protective for the uterus, so pathogens are more, can more easily enter the uterus. So um, another risk factor is, of course, uh, retained fetal membranes. 
Um, as you can see here, it's quite obvious that cows having retained fetal membranes are more likely to have an inflammation of the uterus afterwards or at the same time because pathogens can climb on this tissue and retain fetal membranes. They support the growth of uh, pathogens inside the uterus. And finally, um, also metabolic stress. Uh, indicated by high NEFA and by high um, BHB um, can be a risk factor for metritis because it has been shown that negative energy balance, which is quite often occurring after calving in cows, they uh, impair or negative energy balance is impairing the neutrophil function and so these cows are immunosuppressed and are more likely for any um, infectious diseases in this time. Um, what about the treatment? So a very common treatment is the treatment with ceftufur uh, administered systemically and um, it makes sense in a way that ceftufur is a broad-spectrum antibiotic and as you can see here we have a wide range of involved bacteria so we have E. coli, Triporella pyogenes, these two are known as the major pathogens for the disease but we also have um, anaerobes like Fusobacterium or Streptuberus, and the list is very long. Um, a major um, economic aspect why it is very famous to use this treatment is the zero withdrawal time on milk. So um, you don't have to um, discard any milk, you can just use it at the same time. However, um, Ceftifur is a third generation cephalosporin and Third-generation cephalosporins are very important antimicrobials for severe infections in humans and their use in food-producing animals could potentially lead to an increased prevalence of resistance. So we have to keep this in mind. And now we find ourselves on the horns of a dilemma because on the one hand we have the sick cows with a reduced general condition and on the other hand we as vets we are responsible for the prudent use of critically um, antibiotics. So uh, what do these two points have in common is that there's the need for an act um, effective treatment of these cows. So this is the study um, which gave the first idea to um, our study and it was evaluating the use of ceftufur against no use of antibiotic treatment. So it was conducted in 2012 and had quite a high number of cows that were involved. So the first group received um, a treatment with saline twice and the other group they received the long-acting formulation of safety food twice and uh, the cows were monitored for the first 10 days in milk and if they met the inclusion criteria they um, were randomly assigned to one of these two treatments. And then on day 14, after initiation of the treatment, uh, these cows were examined for clinically, uh, clinical cure rate, and cows um, were called clinically cured if they did not have any vagina discharge, if they did not have any fever, and um, if they did not receive any escape therapy within these 14 days. And as you can see here, in the, for the results, 
Um, cows that received safety 4 had a higher clinical cure rate than the cows without antimicrobial treatment. However, also more than half of the cows that did not receive any antimicrobial treatment um, cured after this, um, this time. So now's the question, why is this? So uh, one thought could be that maybe this disease itself has a high self-cure rate. So cows can cure themselves. Um, but we took a deeper look at the diagnosis. So um, again, we have our two major symptoms, which is the fever on the one hand and the vaginal discharge on the other. And Burfeind um, could show in a study that the body temperature is um, influenced by the climate and by the time of day. So for example, cows in summer have a higher body temperature than in winter. And on the other hand, Zanman could, uh, could show that um, the classification of the vaginal discharge, that the um, classification of the order is quite subjective and dependent on the person who is evaluating this discharge. So the question is now, maybe the diagnosis of metritis is not um, as good as we thought, and that these cows that were cured within this 14 days maybe were false positively um, diagnosed with metritis or maybe also part of these cows. Um, this is the second uh, work I would like to um, present you. Um, so this is a work about um, pain. So um, they wanted to, um, to evaluate if metritis is painful and they had um, almost 50 cows enrolled, so 13 cows were, had metritis and the other ones were healthy, and they did rectal palpation. Um, and the parameters they chose for evaluating if they, um, for, for the pain was on the one hand the back arch, and on the other hand uh, heart rate frequency. Um, this is how they um, measured the back arch. So they were putting um, several points on the back of the cow. The A is, um, is a point where of the highest thoracic um, vertebra. The B is um, the first coccygeal vertebra. And the line, which is, there, which is the C, is uh, the base of a semicircle. And the spine on top would, would create the semicircle. And this area would then be the back arch. So you can see here, this would be a cow without rectal palpation. Um, this is a cow um, with rectal palpation, but he's not palpating the uterus at this stage. And this would be the back arch here. And this is um, rectal palpation with palpation of the uterus. So these are the results for the back arch, and you can see that um, cows with metritis had a greater back arch um, no matter if they were rectally palpated or not. But with rectal palpation, this difference was significant. So cows that had metritis had a larger back arch than healthy cows during rectal palpation. Then they also evaluated the heart rate frequency and they were putting an elastic strip around the chest of the cow with two electrodes and a transmitter and on a monitor they were um, 
yeah, they could see the heart rate frequency. And as heart rate frequency measurement is quite um, uh, complicated, or the inter interpretation, I want to keep it short here. And they found that there is an increased sympathetic activity in cows with metritis. And in women, it was shown that, um, that blocking sympathetic nerves would lead to a reduced visceromotor reflexes, um, which they, um, in this case, um, interpreted as um, having a reaction on pain. So here they summed it up as um, they could show with a back arch and also with a sympathetic activity that metritis is painful. So again, our dilemma with some new information, we have the sick cows and um, the potential of painfulness of metritis. And on the other hand, we might have false positively diagnosed cows. <clears throat> we don't have a better method of diagnosing metritis at the moment, so we have to live with the fact that the diagnosis is not ideal and that maybe cows are false positively diagnosed and also treated. Now I would like to show you uh, my study. Um, the study was about evaluation um, of uh, the treatment of ketoprofane um, of cows with metritis compared with safety 4 So um, the study was conducted between 2013 and 2015 and was published today, uh, this year. And um, we had uh, 610 cows with acute pyrometritis from six different farms. And uh, the first group received a treatment with uh, ketoprofane, and the second group received a treatment with three times safety four. So uh, the farm personnel was doing the examination after uh, we trained them, um, and they were monitoring the cows within the first 10 days after calving and um, examined them, them for um, body temperature and vaginal discharge. And if these two symptoms were, um, were apparent, they were randomly assigned to one of the two treatments. So we had a ketoprofane group or a safety group, and rectal temperature was um, measured um, during um, the study. And on day four, so after three days of treatment, it was evaluated if they still had elevated body temperature or not. If they had still fever on day four after initiation of the treatment, um, the cows from the ketoprofane group, they received an extended treatment, but now with safety four, and the cows from the group of the safety four group, they received an extended treatment with um, safety four twice. And all the cows that did not show any um, elevated body temperature, they were called healthy and they did not receive any extended treatment. This is an example for a protocol card we were giving to the farmers. And um, they were um, green was ketoprofane, blue uh, was for safety four, and they had a box. And for every new case, they had to draw the next card in line so they already could know uh, which treatment they had to apply. This is me on uh, one of the farms, and I was visiting the farms every two weeks. And um, on the one hand, on the first picture, you can see me using the MetriCheck device to evaluate if the cows um, had 
endometritis. So purulent vaginal discharge around three to four weeks after calving. Um, I was taking bacteriological uh, samples from the uterus um, to analyze the susceptibility of the pathogens against ceftifur. I also took blood samples and of course I was uh, checking for protocol um, reliance or if there were any problems and I was talking to the farm personnel who was doing um, all the treatments and examinations. So we're coming already to the um, results. Um, so you can see that the cows that were initially treated with ketoprofane were more likely to receive an extended treatment than the cows that were initially treated with ceftufor. So we had 61% of the cows that were initially treated with ketoprofane still needed an antimicrobial treatment um, after the initiation of the treatment with ketoprofane. On the other hand, you can say that 39% of these cows treated with ketoprofane did not need any antimicrobial treatment at all. Endometritis, as I already mentioned, it is a disease that is occurring around uh, three to four weeks after calving and um, compared with the acute purpometritis, endometritis has no systemic signs of illness but the cows have a purulent vaginal discharge and they, their reproductive performance is um, reduced. So we could not find any difference um, in the occurrence of endometritis between our two uh, treatment groups. The same for milk yield. Um, we took the, the um, results from the DHI tests and we could not find any difference between these two groups. And for reproductive data, we um, took a look at the time to the first artificial insemination, which you can see here on the x-axis. And um, on the y-axis, you can see the percent of cows inseminated within 200 days in milk. And as you can see that the lines are very close together, there was no difference in the time until the cows had their first artificial insemination. This was just the same for the time to pregnancy, so they all cows needed the same time to get pregnant, no matter which treatment group they were in. Um, now, what if we would do a small calculation? Um, we would have 200 cows with acute purpometritis, and we would treat 100 of them with three times ketoprofane, the other one with three times ceftufur then 61 of the ketoprofane group would need a treatment with ceftufur and 31% or no 31 cows would need um, an extended treatment from the ceftufur group and you can see here we have much higher treatment doses um, in the ketoprofane group if you count it all together than in the, the ceftufur group however if you only take the antimicrobial treatment we would have almost half of the um, treatment, antimicrobial treatment doses in the ketoprofane group. So what are the conclusions? Um, if we start um, the treatment of acute propometritis with the um, initiation of ketoprofane three days, um, we could lower the antibiotic usage a lot 
and there were no negative effects on the milk yield or the reproduction. However, you have to keep in mind that in total um, there would be more um, there would be more treatment doses than right initiation of the treatment um, with Ceftufur right at the beginning. I would like to show you quickly some um, further research which I find a kind of um, maybe yeah like a future way of prevention of metritis or treatment of metritis. So there's one um, work published in 2014 about vaccination. So they were um, vaccinating cows um, against metritis um, before parturition, so on day 230 and 260, um, and they could show that these cows were less likely to develop metritis than cows that were not vaccinated. Then there was a study on the treatment with Cavacrol. Cavacrol is um, basically an ingredient of oregano. <laughs> and um, they were doing this study um, with cows and they compared the intrauterine use of Cavacrol against the intrauterine use of diluted um, povidone yod. And they could not find any difference in the occurrence of fever on day 6 and 14. But um, the vagina discharge was lower on day 6 and 14, and the reprodu reproductive performance was better of cows treated with Carvacrol, and also uh, the risk of culling was lower in cows that were treated with Carvacrol. Optimum uterflush, or whatever it's called. Um, and then there's a study um, also published in 2015 um, of cows that were um, treated with lactic acid bacteria intravaginally um, and they were treated like two weeks before parturition, one week before parturition and one week after parturition and they could also show that these cows that received this treatment um, were much less likely to develop metritis. <laughs> 